police divers found two plastic bags in the water near um, around and in the surrounding area of where the submarine was. Murders, mysteries, unexplained stories, and our family's crazy opinions on them all. Join us now. The Family School of Thought is in session. Okay. Welcome, everybody. Thanks again for joining us on the Family School of Thought. We're excited to see everybody, and um, hopefully we've got a good show for you tonight. And um, weather is cold, especially after coming back from Florida, where it was 90 degrees <laughs> and sunny, and we're at the, in the water every day. So we're kind of bummed to be back. But anyways, we're back. Jesse, why don't you get us started with some history facts? Yes. Um, history, unexplained mysteries. I just have one. I'm going to make it quick tonight. Um, the Forest Grove Sound. Cassie, I don't know if maybe you've heard of this one. But in February mm -hmm. 2016, citizens living in Forest Grove, Oregon, made 200 calls to local officials to report a suspicious high-pitched mechanical noise in the area. City officials investigated and were unable to determine the origin and, or the cause of this, the strange sound. Officials notified residents that they were confident the unexplained noise did not pose any safety risks um, for the town and that they were halting their investigation until more information or data presented itself. However, by the end of February, the noise had ceased for good, and though nobody was able ever to establish exactly what made the mechanical scream, um, but after that, the last noise was heard, the local officials closed their investigation. So nobody was able to ever figure it out. Nobody's investigating it anymore. I don't know where Forest Grove is located to Portland, but it's in Oregon. So there yeah. you go. I mean, I don't know if I've specifically heard of this story, but I have heard of like, I mean, veggies, like when you go into a forest here, it's very dense and it's mm -hmm. like you can get lost very easily. Yeah. yeah. Um, so weird sounds doesn't sound strange to me. Something yeah. like that doesn't sound heard, out of have the you heard weird sounds. So you know this and, you, and, and you're going to listen to me and not go by yourself or call somebody when you're in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I might but actually have know. a story to tell, right? No, young podcaster goes missing. Have you ever got scared in the forest because of noises no. and stuff? Turned around. I mean, I got, I've gotten turned around, but um, there was like one time where I was like hiking and I was like up, uh, pretty high, and I was alone with Stella, just walking, and I it wasn't like I was really scared, but it was like one of those moments where I was like, hmm. There's like mountain lions up here. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see any, but I was just like, oh, yeah, there's Maybe other I animals. Be here by myself. <laughs> right. And then she doesn't call every day to let me know that she's alive. I'm alive. I'm here. I know you are, but I never know. So we know at all times. Yes. You should, you should text me every morning and say, good morning, mom. I love you. Yep. Or even if you wore a pro a pro cam, on a what? One of those pro cameras. Go? Like, a what? No. A, Go a GoPro. 
<laughs> I do I have a GoPro. Uh, and I do again. say, like, I'm going to film, but then I never do because I'm in public with a bunch of other people and I don't want to be that person. <laughs> Why not? It'd be fun to watch when you get done, too. Yeah. Oh, I agree. It'd be fun to watch. I just. Especially if you did come in a lion or a, some wild yeah, animal. Yeah. I did. Just We'd laugh when you go, oh, shit. I know. I think it'd be funny. Run, Cassie, run. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Well, how about you, Cass? You got a good song for us? Oh, I've got a good song for us today. And, Dad, I know you know this song. Um, This is Moonlight Drive by The Door. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is actually about the song. This one also has two separate kind of creepy things about it. Um, this was uh, this was one of Jim Morrison's first ever written songs, and he actually wrote it before the Doors were formed, and he actually played it for another bandmate who was like, "Well, you need to start a band based off what like his lyrics for this song." Um, but so it's a very kind of slow melodic song, um, and it seems to be about taking your significant other to the beach and going out in the moonlight and swimming in the moonlight and enjoying a little date night with them. Um, Until you get to pretty much the last couple of verses where he is talking about going in for a swim in the moon. Um, But then the the partner reaches for his hand and he doesn't take it. And all of a sudden the song is about drowning and it's about, uh, we're going to go down. We're going to go in the ocean and we're not, we're coming back. Um, so this is a song about right now. So this is a whole song about how he's going to take his lover to the beach and to the ocean and basically drown them. Um, whether he's with them or not, you know, we don't know. Um, so that in itself is kind of very creepy, but um, I think the background of this story is actually really creepy because this song, like I said, was one of the first songs Jim Morrison ever wrote that was, you know, for the doors. Um, but he wrote it while he was living on a rooftop in Venice Beach, California. I think Venice Beach could be wrong about that. Um, but he wrote it um, while he would basically watch people in houses around him. Like he would basically be on this rooftop watching people live their lives through their windows. So he was basically peeping in on people in their like houses and in their lives, which I think is kind of creepy. And then to like write a song about, you know, drowning your significant other. (laughs) Jim is right up there with Janice Mm -hmm. and Patty. I mean, he's was an absolute genius. He was a genius. He was a poet, by the way. There was a poem that he wrote. This, yes, yeah, right. That's what, yes. This was a poem that he read to his bandmate before they were bandmates. And he's like, we need to make this song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is definitely one of those people that was put here on this planet for a purpose. And he did that. And he did and that. I, think, I really think, this sounds really stupid, corny, I guess, but a uh, hundred years from now, 200 years from now, they'll be playing his music and going like, what, you know, what a genius he was. I really do think that. I agree. You know, the way they do, you know, great artists from, you know, two, three hundred years ago now, they will. So. I agree. Yep. 
There you Wait, go. That's your song. I'm so excited about this music. It's like, I can't wait to get this over so I can go listen to the song. <laughs> I knew you'd like this one. I found this uh, one a couple of weeks ago, but I saved it for yeah. this purpose. Yeah, he was a genius and one of my favorite stories of all time. And and um, he was probably meant to die early, right? Brightest flames burn the brightest. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Unless he's not really dead. Could be. He is buried in Paris, and I have been to his gravesite. So. I know. I was just telling somebody yesterday about when you went to Paris, I said the two things you got to do is go visit Jim Morrison's grave and eat his bias. And they're, and they're buried in the same cemetery. So it was super easy. God. <laughs> wouldn't that be just, you know what, wouldn't that really be awesome if someday somebody stumbles on Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, let you know, um, just eighty-year-olds jamming out. <laughs> they're all really alive, living in some community. <laughs> like along with Elvis Presley. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't that, be, wouldn't that just be the most awesome story ever told? Yes, they're if that were true, they would probably be living in some sixty-five and older community. Down in Florida, the one like you just visited, <laughs> right? They could be our next door neighbors, and, and, we and, the way the, and the way the person found out they were tracking Grace Slick and they seen her go there, you know, to visit. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome! Awesome. Well, all right, Jim Morrison's my absolutely my idol growing up. I remember that's that's who I'm gonna be, Jim Morrison. And I have a picture of you looking just like Jim Morrison. <laughs> I thought I did. You and really? your brothers. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Okay. Let's get on with it. Cass, I think you're up. It's got to go. It's got to be something to do with Jim Morrison. It is not to do with Jim Morrison. Oh. But I am up. Um, and my story this week is the disappearance and murder of journalist Kim Wall. Ah. So you might have heard of this. It happened in 2017, so it's fairly recent. Um, and it did make a lot of worldwide news because of kind of the background information. Um, but so this happened on August 10th, 2017. Kim Wall was a Swedish freelance journalist, um, and she had received an invitation from a Danish entrepreneur whose name is Peter Madsen, um, and he was pretty much gaining a lot of traction, and he had a lot of infamy in um, uh, Copenhagen and uh, for uh, kind of like his, I don't know if I want to say inventions, but he um was building he had built three submarines and he was in the process of building a rocket ship that would basically launch him as an amateur space um uh what are they called astronaut amateur astronaut into space basically so basically everything that elon musk is doing right now this guy was trying to do basically on a really low budget by himself in 
<laughs> Copenhagen. Um, but so he invited her um, onto his submarine for an exclusive interview. Um, it was scheduled to only be about a two hour long interview where they would basically take the submarine out for uh, a drive, basically a cruise. Um, the, sh the submarine was called UC3 Nautilus. Um, and it departed from the harbor in Copenhagen at around 7 p.m. local time. And again, it was only supposed to be about a two hour trip. Um, she had actually been planning a party with her partner at the time. Um, and so she was supposed to come back later that night to the party and the Nautilus never returned to harbor. Um, so Peter, like I said, he was being interviewed um, by Kim, but also by a lot of other journalists um, because of his process of building this rocket. He was getting a lot of traction. Like I said, he was doing TED Talks. Um, and so she was not one of the only ones trying to interview him. He had a lot of interviewees coming to him. Um, one of them actually happened to be an Australian documentary maker. Um, and she had been filming a documentary about his process of building this rocket um, for about a year prior to this incident. Um, so we have a lot of footage basically leading up to this incident um, from this documentary, which is where I got most of my information from. Um, it's called Into the Deep. It's really good. It's the documentary uh, filmmaker is Emma. Sullivan. It's on Netflix if you want to watch it. It's really good. Um, but Peter Madsen um, was born in Denmark in 1971. Um, and from a very, very young age, he was interested in engineering and rockets. Um, he actually joined a, like a rocket club in Copenhagen um, right after he graduated from primary school. Um, and it was called Dansk Amateur Rocket Club, uh, or DARK for short. Um, and he seemed very smart. He came up with a lot of options and um, building techniques for these rockets while he was in this club. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of the members of this club kind of slowly started to see a more sinister side to him. Um, they would even claim that just saying his name would set off the fire sprinkler alarms. So he was very, like, volatile and quick to anger kind of thing. Um, he took some higher education courses, um, like college courses. Um, most of them were studying welding, engineering, um, and, like, basically rocket ship construction, submarine construction. Um, and... Don't know if I said this already, but he had built three of his own submarines. Um, they were kind of like they're not like full like army size submarines. They're basically like miniature submarines is what they call it. it. Looks like they're probably like at most like ten people could fit in them really crowdedly. Um, so he built the UC three Nautilus himself, um, and it was actually built to help him basically get the rocket he was going to launch from 
out into a safe area of the ocean to launch from and then obviously to come down into. Um, and so that's basically Peter before this incident. He worked for a different company building rockets um, to do the same thing, um, but then he diverged from them because it kind of seemed like he wanted to be the front man, the like big star of the show, and they didn't want him to do that. So he left the group and started his own little manufacturing company um, workshop um, where he had a lot of in interns and like young engineers working for him. Um, and then Kim Wall, um, she was born in Trillawag, Sweden in 18 or 1987, I'm sorry. Um, and she graduated from the London School of Economics and Political Science with a studies of international relations in 2011. Um, she also studied at Lunds University in Sweden, Beijing University in China, and Columbia University in New York City um, with political science and journalism degrees. So she was super well-educated journalist. Um, during her time as a freelance journalist, she actually had publications um, in The Guardian, um, The New York Times, Harper's Magazine, as well as Vice and Slate, um, which are kind of more investigative journalism sites. Um, she won an award for Hansel Meredith um, Best Award in Best Digital Reporting um, for her um, reporting on a climate and nuclear testing on the islands of Marshall Islands in 2016. Um, so she is kind of a well-set journalist. Um, she was actually doing this interview for a Wired Magazine's article. And like I said, she was actually the day of August 10th was supposed to be planning a uh, basically a going away party with her and her um, partner Ole Stob Stobe. Sorry, this is Swedish, so I'm probably butchering it. Um, but they were going to be moving to Beijing, China on the 16th of that month. So they were basically having this going away party and then Kim gets this text from Peter that's like, hey, do you want to do this interview now? Um, we can go on the sub and do the interview tonight. And so of course she says yes, because this is like, at the time, this is one of the biggest um, Danish celebrities, kind of like at the time he was had a lot of pull in um, in Copenhagen. Um, and so at 7 p.m. on August 10th, they set sail. And like I said, they never returned to harbor. Um, obviously, Kim's partner, Ole, um, at about 1.43 in the morning, uh, calls police and reports her missing. And they basically start uh, a search for them then. Um, a lot of Peter's friends and family um, are, get the call that he is missing as well. And so they're like, everybody um, is looking for both of them. They're looking for the sub, they can't find it. Um, and about 10.30 a.m. on August 11th, a lighthouse spots the submarine. And so basically police searchers and a helicopter go to the location that he the sub was spotted in. 
and uh, they find him at about 11 a.m. Um, but they said that th they can see that the sub is sinking and it's taking on water. Um, so they have to rescue um, the boat. But when they get to the boat, the only person that they rescue is Peter. He's the only one who makes it onto the rescue ship. Now, he tells them that Kim was, he took Kim to shore later at, at, at night, basically, long before they found him, that she had been dropped off the night prior. He took her to shore. He was the only one on the boat. Um, I, and I don't know what police were thinking, what the process was, but they almost immediately arrested him. Um, he Excuse basically, me, like, say, when you say take to shore, I mean back where she got on to start with? No. So, unfortunately, there's a lot of Swedish and Danish names that I can't pronounce, but from what I can tell, it's not the same harbor. It sounds like, the, here's the thing, is the story he tells is he, it sounds like he just, like, pulled up to a beach and was like, bye, see you later. Um, and as you'll see, like, the dots don't line up in his story, which I think is maybe why the police kind of thought it was pretty fishy. Because, like I said, like, he, they literally, like, it wasn't like they rescued him, took him to shore, and, like, started, they, like, they immediately took him into questioning. He didn't, like, they got him from the rescue boat into a police car and took him to the police department, and he never was released. Okay, so but they, okay, but um, when they rescued rescued him from the sinking sub, mm -hmm. um, why didn't they have a dive team or something go in and check the submarine and see if she was in it? I mean, or did they just let it sink? They might did, have. I don't know. I don't. The, the I didn't see anything about them getting on the sub. Oh. Uh until like later like they do i think like two or three days later they bring up the sub um but it sounded like it's nobody was on the sub no matter what so even if they went on the sub while they were rescuing him she wasn't on the sub at the time of the rescuing mm. um so they don't find her on the sub um so they could have gone down and been like oh he's the only one on this boat we gotta go because like i said it's like it's a very small sub. Like, it's not like you could be in there for an hour and not find anyone. Like you, you could like literally look in the hatch, like oh. down in the hatch and be like, okay, there's nobody there. It's not big enough to hide. Okay. Um, but so they arrest him almost immediately, take him into questioning immediately. And, um, again, almost immediately, they believe that he purposefully sank the boat. Um, they think that he, it, they basically call it scuttling, which is when you purposefully let water into your boat to sink it. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And so for the next couple of days, a lot of people are searching for Kim. They kind of believe his story where she got off, like he let her off later or early, earlier, um, late at night, the day before. Um, so there's checking like, beaches like maybe she fell maybe she got lost maybe she broke a leg like so pretty much everybody is 
looking for her, thinking they can find her like somewhere along the route home or something like that. But of course, she's not found. Um, and when he's questioned, he keeps this story of, you know, she got off the boat long before the like long before it sank. Um, and then pretty much 11 days go by. And on August 21st, a cyclist finds a mutilated torso um, washed up on the beach. And it is confirmed to be Kim's torso. And it is just her torso. It's basically uh, no head, no arms, no legs, just the body, basically. So there's obviously mutilation involved. Um, Peter... I don't know if they told him that they found a torso or what, but shortly after it's found, he admits that um, he had thrown Kim's body overboard. Um, he claims that while um, she was climbing out of the hatch, he was holding up this big metal door and it slipped from his hands. And basically as she was climbing up the ladder, the hatch came down on her head and hit her head and killed her. Um, and so he buried her at sea. Um, and that, like, that's his story of why she washed up. Obviously, immediately, a lot of people find this story to be suspicious because now he has basically lied about his story up until this point. And then just throwing her in the ocean would not make it lose a body, lose its head or its legs or its arms. There's obviously dismemberment going on. He didn't just decide to throw her into the ocean. So it seems very suspicious on his part. And of course, um, a post-mortem examination of the torso um, reveals that the, the torso had 15 stab wounds on the torso, um, most of them being located near her groin. Um, it also, the torso had metal pieces tied to it um, for what police believe um, were like he was there were weights to weigh the body down um, and some of the stab wounds were located near the lungs so they believe that he was also basically trying to press out any air within the body that would make it float to the top of the sea so he was clearly trying to hide the body um, uh, and so almost right after this torso was found they charge him with murder uh, and they set a trial date, um, but they're still basically looking for any evidence because there's, you know, other than this torso, we, they, there's no evidence of what really happened to her because they can kind of confirm that most of the stab wounds were post-mortem so that, again, they were just, these stab wounds were just to basically make the body harder to find, um, not that they, any of them were the fatal blow. Um, and then October 6th, almost two months later, um, police divers found two plastic bags in the water near, um, around in the surrounding area of where the submarine was found. Um, and I don't think I said this, but they did um, tow the submarine. They brought it up from the seafloor and towed it back to shore. She was not found on there, obviously. Um, there was no evidence of her found on the submarine as well. 
But the police find these two bags near where the sub had been, uh, and it contained Kim's head, her legs, as well as some clothes and the knife. Upon examination of the head, it showed no signs of blunt force trauma, no fractures that would have been caused by a heavy door falling on it. So now Peter's story, again, falls flat. Um, it discounts his story completely because there's no injury to her head that would cause her to die and him to bury her in the water. So, of course, his story changes again. Um, he admits to dismembering her body now uh, and disposing of it. Um, but he says that she died from carbon monoxide poisoning um, because gases had filled up the hull while he was outside of the ship and she was inside the ship. But this is, again, a grain of rice. The, you know, you can't believe a word out of his mouth at this point. And uh, everybody um, believe, doesn't believe him. All his friends and families are now coming to the conclusion that he is never going to tell the truth about what happened on that submarine. Never going to tell the truth about what happened to Kim. And it's clear. Like, they can clearly see that he is lying um, and that he did something malicious. Yeah, and unfortunately, watching the documentary that was filmed by Emma Sullivan during like so she didn't film this documentary for the murder. She filmed it as like a she was going to basically do a documentary about the first amateur astronaut launching himself into space. And it turned into this. Um, and so a lot of the people that were involved in this documentary and even Emma herself, like they were completely shocked by this. You know, this wasn't like a long time coming, like, oh, we saw it coming, you know, all this stuff, which now, like, unfortunately, the reason, like, you can watch it now and see it, but it's also the thing where it's like, you know that he's going to do this. You know he's going to kill her. So all of his interactions suddenly point to the fact that he is a killer and he was getting ready to kill somebody. And um, was, he, was he known for... um being crazy in school or, you know, did he have a background? The, the only thing I can find is, like I said, he was in a club right out of like high school, basically, when he was like 18. And he seemed his, you know, the other members of the club basically said he seemed like a live wire. Like it just, he was kind of out there and he had like a really quick temper. Um, that's the only thing I can find. Everyone who was involved in building this rocket, um, like I said, they were shocked. They were really shocked by this. Um, and so it doesn't seem like he had like that personality where you would immediately be turned away what? from them. And what made her go to that? I mean, go with him? So she was a journalist and this was like a big story at the time. And it's one of those things where, and I think the thing is like, where they were living, where Kim and her boyfriend were living, they were like blocks from the work site. And so it was like one of those things where like everybody, it's like seemed like a small town. So like everybody knew everybody. Um, one of the women who was a part of this work group for Peter, she literally said like, oh, they lived in, they live in my friend's old house and like they're two blocks from me. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, it's a small community and you don't expect something like this to happen. Um, he, 
the theory is he planned on murdering her, so he invited her to. It's not like something well, happened in this trip and then he murdered Here's the thing is that police and prosecutors both agree that he didn't plan for the murder to be Kim Wall. It was just whoever got on that sub with him first. Because he, um, now that like this is coming out, Emma, the girl who was in the workshop, and then, like I think another woman in the town said that he had invited them to go on the sub with him, just like on a day trip. Like he would like text them and be like, "Hey, this the sub's running really well. Let's go on a day trip tomorrow. Like let's take it out on the water tomorrow. Like, hey, do you want to come and like with Emma? He's like, hey, do you want to come film for the day? So he has he had multiple options basically lined up of who he was going to murder. And maybe even like, because these were all like, Kim was just, like I said, Kim was the first one to get on that sub with him alone. And maybe he thought he was going to get away with it enough where he could get these other girls on the boat and kill all of them. Like, we don't know because this was just like, it, fortunately he got caught right away. But it wasn't, it wasn't a plan to specifically murder Kim Wall. He just was going to murder somebody and she just got on the boat with him. Which is insanely sad. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the thing is that they know this now because during the investigation, they obviously took all his computers, his hard drives, everything, his work stuff um, into um, police custody. And they found that he had multiple fetish films on his hard drive um, depicting murder of women um, due to strangulation, decapitation, um, burning alive. Um, and it, like all of them explicitly show what, what they believe to be real murders caught on film. And the day of the murder, August 10th, he had Googled um, like woman decapitation um, and pain and agony. Oh, yeah, so this was something so very FBI I had already seen or no. recognized that he was looking up all this stuff and they already no. suspected it? No, it doesn't seem to be any form, like there doesn't seem to be any um, indication that he had been any on any lists of any kind. Um, and where do you find a film of a woman being burned alive? Dark web. I'm sure, yeah. you can find it anywhere on the he, internet. Like I, I literally just said he Googled it, so you could Google it. Um, unfortunately. Yeah. I know, it should not be allowed to be put on. Right. That's, that's well, where you I mean, that's what's wrong line. with our world today is it gives these people ideas. There, you could put things on it. There's a reason why it's called the dark web, and yeah. you can search things in incognito mode, so then it's not. You, you, right. Nobody knows that you searched it. Right. Um, which, I mean, the thing is, is, Mom, you're right, because there's things like, even like with TikTok and Facebook, mm -hmm. um, there's a million and five stories of people up uploading videos of suicide, um, killing people, and it getting lots of views before people, A, realize it's real, or B, get it taken down. Like, it's just right. because that, it's such quick, it, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's so quick to get popular. You can put something up on the internet. Well, there it, are laws within a, you know, a half it, second. People have already right. It. It's so quick. There is laws, and that's why these videos get taken down. Um, but it's it, it's in the time span of when it 
is put uploaded onto the internet to when it gets taken down. Like it could be, it could literally be five seconds, but there's so many people constantly on the internet that could save the video, um, screen record anything. And these videos are going to be forever kind of thing. So unfortunately, that's what it is. Um, he did try to basically blame his young intern. So he, like I said, he was born in 1971. So at the time, he was around late 40s. Um, and all of his interns were like 20 years old. Um, very young. Even in the documentary, you can clearly see he's like much, much older than all of these kids. Um, so there's definitely some kind of, I think, not like grooming as in like, the pedophilic way but like he was he used his age against these kids um you know they saw him as this like smart older man like hero to them um and he used that against them a lot and like he tried to basically blame the interns for these videos that were found on his r drive he said oh they had access to my computer they must have done it um and that's basically when they all kind of turned on him because it was like we had no access to it they were all said they had no access to his computer they would never search these kinds of things. Um, and it's clear that he was trying to throw them under the bus, um, which upset a lot of them. Uh, I think I've talked about it, but he invited many women to have private tours on the submarine. Um, there's no indication that he invited any male, uh, none of his interns, nothing of the sort. It was only females had the uh, private tours or, you know, private rides with him which is again an indication that not get on a submarine or don't go with anybody that you don't know who they are but that's the thing is like unfortunately that's your journalist's job is to put themselves in the right way you know you have to take these this is this would have been like if she got this interview and nothing happened, this would have been one of the biggest stories yeah, of story. the year. You know, she would have gotten a lot of awards for this. So, it's yeah. this is the this is the problem with our world is that we we need these stories, and yet we put not just young women but young male journalists in right. in the way of danger. You know, right. and we see it all the time, especially during times of war, that we make them go to war zones and report yeah. from the war zone or you know weather severe weather right. or weather yeah exactly like how many times there have you was... watched meteorologists during the middle of right well okay, right almost being blown away let me yeah. throw this at you is it really the people who forced them to do it or is it the reporter because really do you think there's a big a demand for people to say we need you to go because we need to know. I can tell you for sure that it's the channel. I was going to say, I can tell you firsthand. I work for a small family-owned, small-town local paper. And there is, like, you're required to have some sort of a story every day. But Mine was a daily publication. So you have to have a story every day for that publication. And, you know, if you don't have a story, then what's wrong? Why didn't you get a story? That's your Don't job. find somebody that there, can yeah. get a story. You know, like, there's so many times that I wrote about stupid things that I could care less about. I don't want to write about it, but it's it's a story. And that's the same thing. Like, I wrote about stories about, you know, grandma 
Nancy's cookies from, you know, the recipe has been in the family for a hundred years. I like, gave you lots of stories to write on. I gave you lots of inspiration. Sure. But what stories. I'm saying no, but, is that like, as a journalist, you, you like, you that's part of your job is to, you know, like you're not really, sometimes you get stories that are handed to you from your boss or whatever, but for the most part, you're searching for the stories on your own. Right. And, you know, you're trying to find the biggest news because that's like the same thing with me, Jess. Like I worked at a like a news station during college. And that was the thing is like we had like I had literally like people listening to police scanners at all times to find something that was happening. You know, even if it was like a kidnapping, they would go to the site to do a reporting on a kidnapping. And it's like, yes, in some instances, it's the reporter basically wanting to get that, you know, their name out there and the story and be the yeah. bigger, you know, news story. Um, but it's also, you know, it, like Jesse said, like it's, you have to have a story or they'll find somebody who's going to have a story, yeah. you know, it's your job on the line. Yeah. And we had the, you um, know, in the newsroom, we had the police scanner going 24 yeah. seven. Yeah. So it's like, you're constantly yeah. listening to things and yeah, it's just, so I can see it. Yeah. This is like, you know, and maybe I can, only 10% of the people, the population would care to hear the story, but it's a story and it's an interesting mm-hmm. story. It's going to cause some yeah. kind of interest. And like you say, she had degrees all over and yeah. she, wanted, she, very heavy, she she wanted to be somebody big. And unfortunately, right. the bigness brought death upon her and that's how she became big. You know, well, I mean, I also thing. don't think we should like blame her for wanting to, no. you know, I don't blame her, you know, I don't blame um, her, but it's unfortunate that there's crazy people in our world yeah, that I agree. took her life. Maybe he was jealous of her being so good at what she did. Oh, okay. Again, it had nothing to do with him. Yeah, like it was. No. There was no. It wasn't anything against Kim he himself. Like it was just he wanted to kill somebody. Um, and I think he, like, days, like, now all the people who are in his life, like, kind of, like, leading up to it, especially if you watch this documentary, Into the Deep, the submarine murder case, um, you see it now. Like, again, it's, you know, you see it in the way he interacts with females. Um, you see it, like, there's even, like, this clip of, um, the filmmaker Emma, like miking him up and she's like miking him up and like trying to test things, not really like paying attention to him, but he's looking at her so sinisterly. Like he's just kind of like staring at her in this way that like, you can just see it like his mind, like thinking through a murder. Like he, he, he's like, I could do this to her. I could do this to her. Like you could just see it behind his eyes. But again, that's just knowing that he's trying, he's going to do something like this. Um, It was so, he during trial he had he had to go under undergo a psychological examination um where they found he was um a pathological liar of course um and that he lacked empathy remorse and guilt um so these are common traits of a psychopath um so i don't think he's ever been diagnosed with psychopath or i can't remember the actual term but he he's not diagnosed psychopath as far as I know, but he has traits of psychopath. Mm. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, 
it's crazy. Um, but the best part of the story is that on April 25th, 2018, um, so uh, less than a year um, after her death, um, Peter was convicted of premeditated murder, indecent handling of a corpse, as well as sexual assault, um, and he was sentenced to life in prison. Good. Um, and all, pretty it's much everybody enough, involved. It's still not enough justice, but hey. Well, it's still not enough justice, and he did try to escape. Um, he, like, held a female uh, prison guard. Uh, he, like, held her with, like, a, they say a pistol-style weapon. I don't think he could actually get a pistol inside of jail, but he threatened a prison guard and escaped, but he only escaped for, like, an hour, and he was only, like, 100 yards away from the prison when he got recaptured. So he is going to spend the rest of his life in prison, thankfully. Um, and all his interns um, pretty much testified against him. So a lot of them are very upset about how this, you know, that they didn't see it. But they're at least nobody's kind of standing behind him, um, which is nice. Because you Good. do see sometimes where people kind of like, oh, no, this is just conspiracy. They're trying to take him down, you know, all this stuff. But it doesn't seem like anybody um, is how doing that. How old was he at the time? He was... Um, I think he's 51 now, so 45, 46, I think. I'm doing and math quickly in my head. He had never been arrested for anything else, theft, or... I don't see anything like that, but he was, like, he basically make it... So, it, his former employees, I'm trying to think of their name off the top of my head. It's, like, it basically, like, he was an engineer for this company in Copenhagen, and they built a rocket, successfully built a rocket and launched it. Um, I think they did it a couple times before they were going to basically do human trials or human sending a human, live human. Um, and he kind of claims that his boss was trying to cut him out of all the publications. Um, was telling him he can't be seen at the launches um so he, he's like oh i can create the rockets i can create your platforms but i can't be seen at the launches all this stuff um it kind of made it seem like they were trying to hide him away um but it seems like they may have seen something like they were like concerned about something um I, if they were i wish they would have said something before now um but they were actually in what like they basically called a space race. So this company was still building rockets, still sending rockets. And they were basically, I like literally had the same launch days. They were like, like meters, I think yards away from each other. Like they were in almost the same parking lot, basically this, oh, wow. with them and this company. So mm. he was basically trying to outdo them. Maybe they were just trying to actually build this rocket, but he was like, he was very competitive, it seemed. So the company could have been very suspicious of him. Right. Again, this guy is a time bomb, but we're in a race to get this done, and he knows yeah. what he's doing. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a crazy, crazy story. Um, I know, it's... I feel like so the first time I heard about it, I, 
I wonder if I can share my screen. But basically, there's like this last photo of Kim Wall. And it's like the last photo when she was still just like a missing person. It was like the last photo of her. Um, I wonder if I can share my screen. Can you see my screen or no? It seemed like I seen um, something of this on Netflix. And I thought, oh, I want to watch that. And I just haven't yet. Can you guys see this or no? No. no. Okay, just me yeah i might just... not be able to... i might not be able to share my screen because it's not really doing anything make sure you're you're um clicking the right tab that you want to share well it's like every time i click share screen it just oh. i think i need to do a chrome update i don't know but it's like it's a really eerie photo it's like them both of them standing in the hatch um kind of in the shadow where like it seems yeah. very ominous but yeah that's the story unfortunately uh, -huh. uh good show yeah bad yeah that's i wish it had a better ending but yeah oh uh that, that's what i was gonna say um so along the lines of this was not a specific murder of Kim, he actually, the day of, uh, well, like, if they set sail, um, one of his, like, top female workers was basically saying how she couldn't get any work done, um, she felt really lazy, and she, like, jokingly said, like, I need death threats to basically get myself to work, um, and so he jokingly sent her threats, um, that police believe were basically just exact um descriptions of how he killed kim yeah what? so it was basically like i'm gonna tie you to the hall i'm going to stab you i'm going to decapitate you i'm going to dismember you and that's what they believe that actually happened that he tied kim up tortured her on the boat and then de killed her and decapitated her and dismembered her and threw her overboard so then that so that, like, those texts that um, the woman who, is, like, got the text and was pretty close to him wanted to remain anonymous. Um, so she testified anonymously. Um, but those texts and her, um, basically, interactions with Peter leading up to the murder, as well as all the footage that Emma had recorded of Peter leading up to um, the murder, all of it was pretty much they said was um, instrumental in his conviction because to this day, they don't know how exactly he killed Kim, but all of this stuff, the videos they found on his computer, the text messages he sent to this girl, as well as footage from Emma that was very suspicious. Um, it had in the footage day of uh, she interviews Peter and they're in the background, you can see like their workstation and on it is all these saws and like woodworking stuff and welding stuff. Um, but one of the items is a orange handled wood saw or like hacksaw. In the interview, you can see it. And then the next day when Emma's there recording, basically like all the employees, like when they're worried about Peter still missing, you can see that the saw is not there not and it, it's not there. And it's the, it, they find it 
in the ocean and it's they believe they know for a fact it is the saw that he used to cut him apart oh jeez. yeah was it the one in the bag um, so there was a knife in a bag, but they found the saw um, with her legs or her arms later on. Like all, like I think I don't think I have it written down. Um, but they did find when they found her head and her legs, they found a knife. Um, but then when they went back down and found her arms, they found the saw wow. and a screwdriver, which he used to um, puncture her lungs. Wow. Yeah. Poor woman. Poor woman. Well, it's almost too like how like how much did you want to get caught too? Because like, why wouldn't you be the first suspect if you went on a submarine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they all of a sudden showed up, or they turned up missing. Like you're the last person, like clearly the last person to see her. Right. right. That's what like it's one of those things where people when people think they're so smart and they get this like big ego about these things that they don't think about the small things like they don't think about like even like i said like he invited other girls date like like the next day and the next day and the next day like it wasn't like he was trying to get them all on boat on this one day like he was literally on the boat with kim texting other people like hey we should go out tomorrow so he had like no indication that like he was going to get caught and he wasn't going to be able to do this to anybody else um or like I said, like, they almost immediately knew he purposefully sunk the ship. They're like, we can clearly right. see that you opened the water valves to sink the ship. So why would you purposefully sink your ship? Right. That's instrumental well, in your... Um, because they could, they could find the blood and all of the stuff in the... You know, I'm sure that if it wasn't underwater, you know, they could have um, right. put that, whatever they That's put true. on to find out where the blood is or... You know. Yeah, the crazy enough, I don't think there's there's any indication. Like they they pulled the ship like I think two or three days after, um, the tenth, um, and there was no indication that she was murdered. Like they still didn't even think she was murdered when they pulled the ship. So there was no blood or anything like that. Um, right, because it was already but, taken. I mean, if he opened the valves, it was. Well, you have to remember that they left at seven p.m. We don't know the time of death. We don't know. Mm-hmm. when she died but he wasn't found until 11 o'clock the next morning so he had multiple he had long time to basically murder her and then clean up and then right. sink the ship like there's no evidence there yeah to think that somebody went through that much torture yeah i know it's oops what crazy. is wrong with our world? There's a lot of crazy people in this world. I got a, I got a crazy question for you girls. When we talk about the dark web, mm-hmm. are we just talking about being on the internet? I mean, is there a different internet? It's not really like a different internet per se, um, but it is like, it's stuff that you couldn't just... Happen like, easily. Yeah, like you couldn't just like click a link. Well, you could click a link. I don't know. It's one. Of, um, it's kind of like think about like if you like search something in Amazon, and then you like say you searched, you know, a candle or whatever on Amazon. Yeah. If you get like fifty pages in to that search, you're no longer looking at the like candles that you were searching for. You're looking for stuff that is like crazy stuff you know right so, like, 
I don't know if you've gone 50 pages in on Amazon searches, but no, it certainly got carried away on the internet. We're like, wait a minute, what am I doing? I'm, I started out looking at, you know, yeah, right, like going down the rabbit hole. That's basically the the dark web. Yeah, yeah, no, like, yeah, that's the thing is, like, it's not, you have to be looking for the thing that, like, a lot of people think like a lot of people when they hear dark web is they think it's like really hard to find and they think it's like you have to have a password to get on it and like from what I can tell from people who have gotten on the dark web it's just like they clicked on a link and basically were on a site that you know is because a lot of you have to think about like people in this day and age are super super smart about internet you can have entire sites that are not you know being watched by the government kind of thing so like mm-hmm. you can clearly you can set up like blockers and walls unfortunately i'm not one of the smart people on the internet so i don't know how to like set up security for websites but there's ways to keep it anonymous and keep it off you know you can set your vpn to copenhagen and have right. your website basically be centered in copenhagen but you live in Portland, Oregon, like it's yeah. super easy to do that nowadays. So they can't yeah, find your site. Our site sometimes when when you look up where these people come from that are watching us, that doesn't mean that's really where they're from. Right, that doesn't mean like we get a lot like on what I can see, we get a lot of like overseas listeners or watchers or whatever, but that doesn't mean that they actually live there. That could just mean that their VPN is set there. Right. Yeah. But okay. I don't know how much I really want to know about the dark web, but at work, we've talked about things. I'm like, where in the hell were you at where you seen something like that? How The dark web. Where were you going to to come across that, you know? <laughs> and why would you want to see it? And why are you telling me about it like I would want to see it? Because I don't want to see something like that. But um, People can say the same thing about a true crime podcast. Why do you want to get on here and talk about death and murder and decapitation? Yeah, this this stuff I'm talking about is sick, sick stuff. People are sick. (laughs) Yeah. And I I figured, too, even if you are, um, what do you call it, Um, where you're a ghost on there or whatever, what do you call that? Anonymous. Anonymous. Obviously, they could really trace you who it is, right? If it's coming from your VPN or your um, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. like what, like someone like us who's just like, oh, I can put on incognito and they can't find me. Like, yeah, they could easily find us. But if I murdered somebody, they could easily take my laptop and go, oh, well, he thought he was. Well, yeah, again, if it's a normal person like us who doesn't know too much about, you know, uh, security, internet security, I'm sure they could easily find us. But there are people who are smart enough to hide their location. So, you know, not to give people any ideas, but it is probably possible to evade capture that way. But the dark web is not necessarily a different web. It's no. just going to sites. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to sites. sites that, yeah, it's going to sites that uh, have darker content, basically. Mm-hmm. You're just going into some other site and then you end up and in. You can, still, you can still stumble across that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't want to stumble across any of that crazy crap. Well, mom, well, that would require you to actually use the internet. <laughs> 
That's, that's why I don't want to use it. Get on that dot com box. Because there's so many crazy people on this dot com stuff. Being murdered, really being murdered, not acted. I mean, really, they. They believe that the videos they found. Yeah, I was going to say, they believe the videos they found on his hard drive depicted real murders. That they, it wasn't just like an acting fetish thing, it was real people being murdered. And how do you know that he didn't murder other people before this one? Yeah, I was going to ask that. Uh, so. but they were trying to pin a couple of cases on him, but like a lot of them were like really early in the 80s. I'm like, so he was like 10. You're thinking he's 10 murdering people and getting away with it? Like, yeah, I don't think so. Um, but so, you know, the dark web, let's go back to dark web and people finding people murdering other people. Just think of the documentary Don't Fuck With Cats. Like, that's the entirety yeah. of that documentary right. was people found these videos of this man murdering animals right. on the web. And then right. it literally just kept progressing until he murdered somebody and got it up. Like, he posted yeah. a video of him yeah. murdering like somebody. Process. And it took them forever to find him. It took them forever to find him. Well, and part that of that, really too, good. was, like, people weren't sure if it was real or not. Right. 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 Never, exactly. You really did. Yeah. But so there, that's that's how easy it is to stumble. Like these people are just trying to find videos of cats, and they found a video of someone putting murder. a cat in a Ziploc bag and vacuum sealing it in the bag. And again, who would want to watch a cat being murdered? What what's definitely not somebody searching like, for cats? I'm gonna look no. for cats. They were very upset. Like a lot of people watching the videos were really upset and they spent their like years looking for this guy. Yeah, I remember that. It was a good documentary. That's a good um, one. Yeah. And it's connected to another true crime case because he was in a relationship with one of the Ken and Barbie killers. Mm-hmm. I forgot that anymore. Which is another story we should do. It's a really good story. Well, not really good. It's crazy. The Ken guy? Ken and Barbie killer. So it's this couple who murdered the girl's sister. And then both of them basically tried to say the other one convinced them to do it. Oh. But the guy, I can't remember his name now, from Don't Fuck With Cats was like in a relationship with the girl after this, like all, after she was convicted of this murder. Oh, they, they were in a relationship, which didn't make sense because he was a gay man. <laughs> hmm. The person he killed was another man. I don't think I ever finished that documentary, but. Uh, I remember that was good. I think I, think I, I watched like the first Rolling. episode or like couple couple episodes, yeah. and then but I, I got busy and then never finished it. You guys watched uh, way too many crazy. I just remember things. they how they solved it was he had a pack of cigarettes sitting on his right. Bed. Yeah, right. yeah. He bought in a certain area, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'll always remember that documentary because of the police, the like FBI, Canadian FBI. Being like, I've never seen a murder before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never seen a dead remember body before. Remember the picture he had over his bed? I can't remember what it was, what that was about. It was a he big had a lot of, 
he had a lot of indications of who he was that people kind of slowly found. Um, like he had like a Titanic keychain or something like that, that like was from the nineties and like only he like, well, not like only he, but like not a lot of people had it on their keychains anymore. Like there was a lot of like, but the, like, the people who caught him, like I said, the FBI had like, this was like their first murder case. Like one of them said, like, I've only ever seen a dead body on TV. This, this guy was caught by internet sleuths like the the fbi did not solve this case these people who were trying to find him and get like him sent to justice were the people finding the cigarette box and finding the gas station logo that was outside his window like they were doing the work yeah yeah i just remember there there was a poster over his bed and it was like a huge clue (laughs) i it's been a while since i watched it so i don't remember all of it but it's, it's a very interesting documentary. And it's but a good indication of what the dark web is. It's also odd, and you hear this in other stories, so that guy was in his 40s. He never had yeah. any legal trouble. People thought he was odd, but, you know, so what? I'm odd, you know, I mean. Right, but, right. But the, then, obviously, he spent some time thinking about murdering somebody, and he's watching movies on how to murder people. Right. What a waste of life! You have that much going for you, and um, you think it's ego. I really do. Like I think it was he. He was an experimenter. He liked to take things apart, put them together, and see how it worked. And I think he just really wanted to see what murdering someone would be like. And I think they say that in the documentary. Like he just wanted to know what it would feel like, you know, to take someone's life. And so now he's been in jail for years. Well, since, um, since 2018, yeah, and maybe like 2019. Do, do you know if he has any remorse? Is he like, no, I don't think no. he, he still to this day says he's not guilty. All throughout the court case, he said he was not guilty, but not guilty. He, the only thing he will admit to was, or he might have admitted to murdering her, I don't know. Um, but the only thing at the time of his trial that he admitted to was dismembering. And he said that was just because he got scared and in a panic. He wanted to hide the door and killing her accidentally. Well, that's the thing. Oh, I think you missed this part. The she did not die from being hit by the door. Like that was a complete lie. They found her head, and the head had no skull fracture or any blunt force trauma. So that was a lie. He never. He then he like after they found the skull and figured out that she didn't die from. A head trauma. He tried to say that she died from asphyxiation from carbon monoxide poisoning in the ship while he was outside of it. Yeah, yeah, I heard that part. Yeah. So um, they don't know how she died. Like they, that's the thing is they don't know how he killed her. I'm thinking he just killed. I'm I thinking think he, think he cut her head off. Her. I'm thinking he cut her head off and then yeah, he cut they off think her. He strangled her. He, I think he. They think he either strangled her and decapitated her or just decapitated her. They don't really know. Like I said, all the videos he watched featured strangulation or decapitation or burning alive. And she wasn't burnt, so one or the other two. Thanks. Yeah, Crazy people out there. I think there was one article that I saw that said that he confessed to murdering her in 2020. Um, but I, I didn't look into that, so I don't know if that's true or not. 
Like he confessed to some random person. But uh, no, he shows no guilt. Um, and that was one of the things that in the psychological test, they said he lacked remorse or guilt um, for anything. And you can kind of see that in the documentary uh, Into the Deep. Like he, he's just like one of those people that he's like in the in the video, he's talking about killing people like it for the smallest inconvenience. You know, he's like, oh, I'm going to kill somebody with a spoon or I'm going to choke you to death or like like he's constantly saying things like this. So, you know, that he just doesn't there's you know, he doesn't really care. Yeah. At the time, they thought he was joking, but it's like now you you realize like he wanted to kill people, right? Right. Hmm. Crazy. Don't go out of your apartments. Don't go out of your house. I'm going on a boat tomorrow. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> I'm not going on a boat. Sorry. I'm on a boat. Okay, how about you guys got anything else? Cass, are you done with your story? I mean, did you? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to watch the documentary, but I don't know. It's on Netflix. It's it's only like an hour and a half. It's really I, quick. I watched it like this morning. Yeah, I swear I had seen it and I popped it up, and then I thought, well, no, I want to watch that when I have more time. There's also, I think, a miniseries on HBO, but I don't have HBO any longer, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't have but, HBO. I feel like I've seen the Into the Deep, but I mean the, the title of it. Title card, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, How good, about, it's good, it's quick, it's really easy to watch. Yeah. My question for you, you guys are, because you know I don't believe in capital punishment, but should he just be put to death so we don't have to mess with anybody like that anymore? Or no, I think suffer? he should. I think he should suffer for the rest of his life. But and he's then, obviously not going to suffer. Well, hopefully like, the prisoners. There's no guilt. Hopefully there. prisoners will beat him up or do something. Mean I do to think him. he was attacked. There was. I was going to say. I think there was an attack. He was like stabbed or something. Um, but like again, like I don't think that matters to him. Like he survived it, so he doesn't care. That like. That almost inflates the God complex of like, mm -hmm. you tried to kill me, but I'm still alive. But, okay, but still, if he, even if he was innocent, now he's got to be going crazy. He's got to spend the rest of his life in jail. Yeah. Could so be a whole big conspiracy. It's either going to um, drive him nuts that he is in jail or it, he's going to take To be put to death, it's done with. He's over. We don't have to worry about it no more. You know what I mean? He doesn't have to worry about it no more. He doesn't have to think about it no more. I know, but I, I don't think that that's okay. I think that he should have to think about it. Right. That's what I'm saying. Well, I, I don't think Denmark has death penalties, so I don't think it matters. Yeah. This isn't the States. This is Denmark. He was arrested yeah. and charged in Denmark. He's in prison in Denmark, and I don't think they have death penalty. So he's going to spend the rest of his life in jail. Good, good, good. All right. All right, guys. Anything else? All right. All right, guys. Well, thanks for um, watching us this week. Jesse, do you have anything you would like to say? <laughs> Cassie? 
No, that's Like, share, subscribe. Like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> Write to us at the family school of thought at gmail.com. <laughs> I didn't catch on to that. I'll put that again. Like, share, and subscribe. Okay, guys. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Peace.